Welcome back to another episode of Red Pill News. As always, I'm your host, Zach Payne, the Corruption Detector. And today I'm going to be joined once more by my good friend, John Mark Dugan. Now, John has been on the ground in Russian-controlled Ukraine, also on the front lines of Russia's advancement into Mariupol. Russia recently offered Ukraine the ability to uh, begin a ceasefire so that uh, civilians and other people could leave. And if you listen to the mainstream media, then you would probably believe that Russia was killing civilians and committing war crimes and atrocities. However, the truth is a little bit more complicated. Russia's actually been taking care of civilians there. The Azov Battalion and Ukrainian troops have been using the civilians in Mariupol as human shields. And John has been there on the front lines actually speaking with the residents of Mariupol. So we're going to talk to John today about his experience there, what he believes the true feelings of the people of the eastern portion of Ukraine are. And then we're also going to be discussing the apparent disappearance of Gonzalo Lira, also known as Coach Redpill. He's been missing since April 15th. So do me a favor, sit back, relax, grab your popcorn, and we're going to be right back after this. Listen to this. Sluggish blood is affecting Americans of all ages right now. Ever heard of sluggish blood before? Well, let me explain. Your body transports 2,000 gallons of blood through 60,000 miles of blood vessels every single day. And when your body's running smoothly, you feel amazing. When it's not, you experience low energy, brain fog, a lack of motivation, and aging skin. And this is why I highly recommend Reds with Red. This amazing product helps invigorate sluggish blood and helps my own body run at its peak performance. And the reason it works so quickly is because there are eight supercharged food extracts inside each scoop that help to combat that sluggish blood. These food extracts on their own can cost a fortune and are hard to find for most people. But luckily for us, every single one is in just one scoop of this enriching powder. And once you start taking it, you're going to notice your energy, mental clarity, and younger-looking skin all return. And that's all because it's improving your blood flow. It'll help your body smoothly push those 2,000 gallons of blood through those 60,000 miles of blood vessels like a well-oiled machine. I've personally experienced mountains of benefits after taking it, including smoother skin and more focus, and you won't realize how much better you feel until you try it yourself. And if you've been looking for a great way to take your health to the next level, you're going to love this amazing powder. And you can get up to 51% off right now for the next 24 hours by going to redswithred.com. Or you can always visit the link below. And remember, when you support my sponsors, you support this channel. Hey guys, before we get into the interview, just a quick update. In this conversation with John Mark Dugan, we discussed the disappearance of Gonzalo Lira. Uh, Now, I'm going to play you a video clip of a transgender American activist masquerading as a journalist in Ukraine. Uh, Her name is like Sarah something Cirillo, and she is essentially claiming uh, that she's the one who got... Gonzalo Lira picked up by the SBU, which is like the secret police of uh, Volodymyr Zelensky and Ukraine. So take a look at this real quick. Good evening, Sarah Ashton Cirillo, Kharkiv, Ukraine, where over the last few days, the topic of YouTuber, pundit, columnist, potential Russian asset, alleged Russian spy, Gonzalo Lira has taken up a significant amount of the conversation regarding Kharkiv, Ukraine, the Russian invasion, and my role as a journalist. And one thing many people have asked me from both sides of the discussion was to find out if and when 
Gonzalo Lira died. And this is what I can report, direct from my sources, not secondhand information. Since April 15th, when Gonzalo Lira was picked up by security services, there has been no indication that he is dead. Once again, I will repeat, it appears that Gonzalo Lira is in fact alive. This is Sarah Ashton Cirillo, Kharkiv, Ukraine. More to come. All right. So Gonzalo had been missing since April 15th. That was the last time anybody heard from him. Uh, apparently, there was a couple of select posts that came out on his social media platforms, but it wasn't clear whether it was him or not. Uh, and a lot of people were thinking he was dead. I, I was thinking he was dead. John uh, seemed to uh, assume the same as well. The Daily Beast had written a hit piece about him uh, trying to help the Ukrainian authorities find him uh, because he is speaking out against the Zelensky regime. He's speaking out against the Ukrainian government. And both of those things are technically illegal right now. But the only difference is here, he's not a Ukrainian citizen. He is a Chilean-American citizen. And if he was to go missing and then end up dead as a result of being kidnapped by the secret police of Ukraine, it would be a massive international incident. Well, the really good news is that Gonzalo Lira has finally reappeared. He no longer has access to his phone or his laptop or his email or any of his accounts. Uh, and anything else, uh, unless it shows him on video saying, you know, hey, this is me. I got my accounts back. Those accounts can no longer, unfortunately, be trusted. So I believe he is trying to get back online. But I do have a clip here showing proof of life that, yes, in fact, Gonzalo Lira is alive. I just want to say that um, I'm, I'm back online and um, I'm here with Alex Christoforou. And um, I just want to say uh, that I'm fine physically. I'm a little rattled. I was um, picked up by the uh, SBU. On uh, Friday, April 15th, at a little after 1 p.m. local time, um, I, I'm okay physically. I'm a little rattled. Um, there seems to have been like a lot of interest in my case, which is wonderful. Thank you. But there are a lot of other people who are, frankly, more deserving of the attention. I've highlighted them in my Twitter feed, the uh, real Gonzalo Lira. Those people matter more. Because we don't know where some of them are. Some of them are have passed away, but uh, well, some of them were killed. But the other ones, we don't know where they are, and so they matter more. I'm okay. Um, um, I oh yeah, I don't have my computer, and I don't have my phone, and um, and so anything that was published or posted on the Gonzalo Lira YouTube channel, the Coach Red Pill YouTube channel. The real Gonzalo Lira Twitter feed and the, um, the, the real CRP Telegram feed after April 15th, uh, just discount it because it was not me. I did not have access to those accounts. And I still don't for that matter. Uh, and, uh, I don't have my cell phone or access to my, uh, email accounts. Uh, I created a new one and that's how I got in touch with Alex. Um, and I've been in touch with, of course, um, I reached out to the, my, uh, family members, the, the, the people close to me. Um, 
and and you know i'm telling them that i'm okay. all right so there you have it it's really good news and i just had to make sure that i added this into the video before i uh, show you guys the conversation with john and release it because obviously i don't want to be talking about gonzalo no longer being alive when just today it came out that he is in fact alive and well so that's awesome really glad to hear it let's go ahead and get into the conversation with myself and john mark dugan all right, guys, welcome back. Thank you so much for sticking around and joining me once more. My good friend, John Mark Dugan, an American living in exile. John, how are you, buddy? It's been a couple of weeks since we've spoken. Ah, I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Uh, I, I can't complain. You know, the uh, Florida sunshine's doing me good. I am uh, yeah. looking forward to continuing uh, my, uh, my, my journey down here. Obviously, had, I, I told you Lisa and I got engaged, didn't I? Or, or had, yes, yeah. yeah. Okay. Red pill girlfriend is now red pill fiance. That's right. That's right. You know, making moves in life. Gotta love it. Uh, good. So, good so, for so, you, you. so you've been in Ukraine for the last couple of weeks. Uh, you've sent me some pretty hairy videos I've seen on your channel. You, you've been doing interviews with uh, some of the citizens there. Um, it's destroyed. Right now, there is this siege or, or I guess, you know, uh, attempt to um, control Mariupol. But I know you've been there, but where have you been mostly for the last couple of weeks? Yeah, so I've been to Lugansk, I've been to Donetsk, and I've been to Mariupol, and I've been to other places in between. So uh, basically, this entire area, this is considered uh, the Donbass, correct? Yes, it's the Donbass, uh, uh, yeah, territory. So what's different about this uh, current fighting that's been happening in Mariupol? Because in the mainstream press, I see it billed as the the Battle of Donbass. But from everything that I've learned, uh, I mean, there has been a battle raging in the Donbass region for many years now. So what's different about Mariupol? Uh, yeah, so there's there's been a, a battle for the last eight years. Lots of people have been getting killed there. Um, and really the biggest difference, uh, uh, like for Mariupol, is, you know, Ukrainians do not want to lose Mariupol. They do not want to lose it because that is like the strategic area that lets people into Russia. I mean, Crimea, yeah, too, but... You know, if you look at Crimea, there's a big bottleneck, and if somebody blows up the bridge, that's it. Mariupol, it's a big, uh, big landmass that you can uh, just kind of go in. So, do you mean that for like citizens of Ukraine, this would be like a, a port of entry, and and if Ukraine loses control of that, then there's no way for them to travel easily into no, Russia. I, I, I'm talking about militarily and strategically. Okay, okay, okay. And is Mariupol like a, a port city? Like, is that on? It's on water. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay. And so it, it is it safe to say that if Ukraine loses control of that, then they also lose uh, uh, easy access to resupplying and, uh, uh, you know, just uh, necessary things for the people of Ukraine? 
Some of it, sure, sure, because, um, you know, I mean, there's always Rostov, which is not far. Um, but, uh, you know, if, 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 um, if NATO gets in and they want to block Russian ships from coming into Rostov, then the first place they're going to go is to Mariupol. Okay. So, uh, what is the situation like in Mariupol right now? Dude, it is just devastating. It is bad. So many people have been killed. Um, and, you know, the stories from all the different people I have spoken to are pretty much the same. Uh, it's The Ukrainian military is setting up on buildings. They're not letting people leave. If people try to leave, they shoot at them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then they draw the fire of the Russian military to these buildings. So, you know, the the war crime really is being provoked by uh, the Ukrainian military because they're supposed to be letting these people evacuate and they're not. Yeah, I, I've seen in Zelensky's recent address yesterday, he, he he claims that Russia is not allowing for these humanitarian corridors to be created, uh, which means that that's the reason that citizens uh, are, are dying. But, you know, I've also seen reports uh, that that citizens of Mariupol are holding up in strategic locations with Ukrainian troops, almost as if. They have no choice but to be in the same location as the troops. But that's, you know, they, they all, the, all the narratives kind of fly in the face of each other. Yeah. So, um, the, the, uh, the Russians not letting people evacuate. That's a, that's a lie. It's an absolute lie. And you speak to the people and Russia has been trying to establish these corridors, but the Ukrainians are sitting there shooting at the people. Uh, and this isn't me speaking. This isn't speculation. This isn't what the government of Russia is telling me to say. This is from people I have spoken to on the ground who've tried to evacuate, who've been shot at by the Ukrainian soldiers. Uh, soldiers. I've also seen videos of Ukrainian soldiers admitting to shooting Ukrainian citizens who were trying to leave. Yeah, I mean, I have too, but you got to take these videos with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. Doesn't, and I'm being very objective here. I'm, I'm trying to be as fair as possible. I, I could sit here and say, yeah, yeah, you know, but anytime you have somebody in captivity, they're going to say what you want them to say. Um, but that being said, the Russians are treating people a hell of a lot better than the Ukrainians are treating their captives. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is kind of the point I was getting to. I mean, it's like, how do we as people on the outside know what the truth is when these videos are being released? I mean, honestly, we have no real way of knowing if these are Ukrainian soldiers that are telling the truth. Are these, you know, or is this a, a Russian disinformation campaign that's being put out to, um, I, I guess, you know, just take advantage of, of an unaware Nash international audience? You know, I mean, like, I don't know the difference of, between Ukrainian and Russian when I hear people speak it. Uh, and uh, and I can't I don't think there's an easy way to physically identify um, uh, an ethnic Russian from an ethnic Ukrainian when you're seeing people on camera. I mean, am I wrong? Well, well, when you're listening to him, you can tell. Sure. But um, uh, and that guy was certainly a Ukrainian. He absolutely was. You can you can hear it. Yeah. Um, But that being said, again, you know, uh, you got to take each side with a grain of salt. Now, 
Russia has actually not been running a propaganda war, surprisingly. Their PR machine, their propaganda machine, their um, information uh, outlets have been surprisingly quiet, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, because they really don't, they don't care. They they know what they want to do and they're going to do it. They already know that the Western media is against them. And they're just going to do whatever they're going to do and everybody else be damned. All right, John, I'm going to um, switch for the audience to um, a map of Ukraine so that they can see where Mariupol is um, in in reference to the the rest of uh, eastern Ukraine and Crimea. And for people people at home, you can see here at the very bottom here, this is Crimea. This is what, uh, you know, was uh, annexed back to Russia in 2014. Uh, Just above that is uh, Melitopol. And then Mariupol is to the east of that so it's uh kind of in the very southernmost tip of donetsk and then uh kind of to the northeast of that is is lugansk so now when we talk about the donbass and um how the donbass had um you know become the self-autonomous region eight years ago was Uh mariupol not included in that at that time did that remain as um a portion of um, ukrainian controlled ukraine no, no, it was a part of it. It was a part of it. But, um, you know, the Ukrainians, they just never really paid attention. Okay. Okay. So it wasn't until all, all of this kind of um, exploded that they, they really started caring about it? That, that they started enforcing it, sure. Okay. Now, Donetsk has been, Donetsk and Lugansk had been enforced for quite a while. Um, but, you know, a lot of ships and stuff go into Mediapol and a lot of that stuff goes into Ukraine. Um, and addition, in addition to Odessa as well. So, um, you know, so it, everything was a lot more laxed there, but the people will tell you, the people in Mediapol will tell you that we are not a part of Ukraine. We do not want to be, we are separatists. Okay. All right. So, uh, yeah. How many uh, you know interviews do you think you've done since you, uh, you you've been in this area of Ukraine? Uh, and ha- and how long have you been there now? You, you were there for roughly a couple weeks. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. But I'm back now. Yeah. So yeah, I was there for um. Uh, what was I there for? Uh, well, I I went for a week and then I went for another week. Okay. Uh, and I'm getting ready to go back again. All right. And uh, and roughly uh, how many people do you think are, are holed up there? Uh, ha- have there been any evacuations that have taken place? Have, have people been able to leave or is it really just the dead and the people who are hunkering down uh, there? Yeah, yeah, there there have been there have been people that have evacuated out. Um, but there's a lot of people that they just don't have the money. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't have the money to leave. Right. And uh, any idea how many Ukrainian troops might be there? <laughs> now yeah <laughs> not yeah. many <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah sorry that's pretty bad but so i i saw some videos of you um going around and and clearing mines that uh, had been set up by the ukrainian forces um where well were... i wasn't personally clearing now i, I well, was I... with the russian forces they were they were uh um clearing them interesting how they do things here they got this cool little robot it's a real robot and uh, it just runs over some mines. Uh, 
down. You got stuff blowing up around here. Right, right. I, I, I wasn't insinuating that you were actually. Yeah, no, like, no. I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm not that crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, you know, where were these mines placed? In Lugansk, and it supplies all the power to like the city of Lugansk and some of the surrounding cities around that. And uh, they were so the Ukrainians had occupied that. The Russians took it back, but during that time. Um, uh the uh the ukrainians planted a bunch of mines there so what what happened is when the ukrainians left they disabled the power and then everybody went back to work and then people started blowing themselves up on these mines these civilians civilians yeah 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 wow. and uh and then the the lugansk uh, forces said oh yeah we got to get you all out of here place is going to be shut down until we can clear it all so yeah so what is the fighting force in the eastern portion of ukraine how is that organized uh, i mean it does like lugansk have like their own military donetsk has its own military or is this kind of a, a unified force of, of separatists all across the eastern portion so donetsk right they have their own passports lugansk they have their own passports okay so and they both have their own military um but the russian military is in there too so they're all kind of uh synonymous with, with one another i guess you would say who would be the um uh, the largest outside forces besides russia that are that are there in ukraine i've seen a lot of um chechens as well yeah yeah and actually Dude, one of the craziest things that I've read, right? And it was really a brilliant statement. Somebody said, what kind of world are we living in where you hear people, all right? When you're hiding in a basement, you hear the door open and you hear the shout, Allah Akbar, and then everybody is jumping up and down with joy because they know the Chechens have arrived, right? <laughs> Yeah, that's so, pretty nuts. Yeah, yeah. I was I was profoundly struck by that statement because it's so true. Uh, so I'm sure that you've heard about the uh, apparent disappearance of Gonzalo Lira. Uh, was that uh, anything that was being discussed in, in Ukraine? Uh, are, are people aware uh, of what's going on? I mean, he's obviously a, a, a large figure out here in the West because people have been using his reports to get, uh, you know, up to date on the ground information. But uh, now it appears that perhaps he's been captured by the Azov Battalion or, or some other uh, portion of the Ukrainian military. Yeah, so um, I, I don't actually we he's not really well known over here because he doesn't speak Russian. Mm-hmm. Um, the, people do know about him, but he's not so well known that uh, you know everybody's talking about him. Um, I think it's despicable what has happened to him. Uh, I think it's despicable what the Daily Beast has done. Oh yeah, they, and, I, as far as I'm concerned, they're responsible for his death. Well. If if he's dead, um, yes. If he's I dead. told I told a reporter with the Daily Beast today that me and my friends we were going to come after the Daily Beast uh, employees, and I'm not going to go into detail on what we meant about that. Um, but I also told him that there's going to be some consequences if he's dead. So, 
did they have anything to say to you in regards to their previous reporting? And uh, I mean, they they essentially like shone a spotlight on him and, and basically said, you know, hey, you know, Azov Battalion, here you go. Well, you know what? Let me tell you something about the Daily Beast. Those fucks are the most dishonest people I've ever dealt with in my life. The most deluded and dishonest people. They've written two two or three articles about me, and two of them were complete uh, hit jobs uh, with really no basis in fact. Uh, as you know, as you know, the um, the the latest one they did was the uh, biolabs, right? Mm-hmm. And they completely ignored the fact that I had published all these materials long before uh, anything was mentioned about them by the Russian government. And, um, you know, I, I, whatever, I don't care if they want to, uh, if they want to do a hit job on me, that's fine. But when they start doing this stuff and getting people killed, that's a problem with me. And uh, that's a problem for my friends too. And um, we're going to make sure that those motherfuckers, excuse my language are held responsible they need to be uh, i mean the the state of uh modern journalism in in the western hemisphere i mean i guess not even just the west i mean it's pretty much all across the board journalists are not journalists any longer i mean they are the worst type of muckrakers that you can possibly imagine i'm sure you've heard that the washington post uh just yesterday doxed libs of tiktok uh, the fabulously unself-aware Taylor Lorenz complaining just recently about people online bullying and harassing and doxing her and her family. And that's exactly the same thing she did to this woman who wasn't even giving commentary on what the left was doing, simply highlighting right. the was- posts that these people had been putting on their own po- profiles. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I heard about this. And um you know, these, these people, these people, especially on the, uh, the left, they're the most unhinged, most hypocritical um, uh, people I've ever seen in my entire life. And, uh, dude, I really, I really hope that uh, this uh, 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 Elon Musk takes, takes Twitter, man. I am, this is like the greatest thing that, I, I'm like looking forward to in my life. Elon Musk taking Twitter, telling all them to go pound sand. Um, because somebody needs to do something about these people. Yeah. I think it's great, too. There's a lot of, I guess, discussion or perhaps arguing about it out in the audience. But, you know, the fact that I don't really care about, you know, who Elon is personally or what his, you know, beliefs are. The one thing that I know is that he is in favor of free speech and he's got enough money that he can come in and completely disrupt Twitter and, you know, flip the narrative on its head. So simply based upon that, I'm in favor of it. And uh, I think that there is a, a lot of good that he can do, even if he doesn't necessarily align 100 percent with you know who I am and what my values are. Yeah, but, you know, that's the great thing about Elon Musk is he doesn't have to align with your values. Nope. He values free speech and he values people even if they have a different opinion. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Yep. You know, that's what we need.
Yeah, I absolutely agree. I, I mean, it's such a, an insane proposition that we have a, a South African immigrant, one of the richest people in the world, having to to step in and essentially attempt to save free speech here in America. And of course, the uh, the SEC and the DOJ are now looking into him uh, and his tweets, things that he said publicly uh, about you know potential moves that he was going to take with Tesla. I mean, it's quite obviously a fear and intimidation campaign. Because, you know, I mean, Twitter is essentially uh, I mean, they're an arm of censorship for the United States government. Uh, They are. Yeah. When when the government wants someone to be shut down, when when the message that they're putting out is too dangerous, when it's too much truth, uh, all they simply have to do is is just go to Twitter, have that individual shut down and uh, that person's message can no longer be spread. Yeah. Yeah. YouTube is the same way. In fact, um, uh, if you look at uh i i published a video on ukraine and you know what they did youtube they called it hate speech and they gave me a seven day strike that's why i've been publishing all my videos on um rumble uh by the way my channel is at bad wolf b-a-d-v-o-l-f but i've been publishing all my stuff on rumble i haven't posted anything on uh YouTube in the last uh, uh, six days. So despite my channel being deleted some time ago, uh, I still get notifications from YouTube to the email that was attached with that account. And uh, they they just recently decided that uh, people who are publishing about Ukraine or who might suggest that the Ukrainian military or the Ukrainian government is doing anything uh, other than simply liberating their people. Uh, so, you know, the commission of, of war crimes or the killing of civilians, uh, you know, or, or the presence of Nazis in the Azov Battalion, uh, then they will potentially not only demonetize your channel, but but also shut you down and give you strikes. So I'm not surprised at all that they've done that to you. Yeah, I mean, this is crazy. We're not allowed to question anything anymore. It's it's insanity, especially in a war. Yeah, there there is no honest uh, uh, you know journalism out there any longer. There there is no mainstream platform that allows for free speech. I got an email last night uh, from a viewer. Um, I, I don't know that he wants me to say his name, but he uh, he had uh, just a regular account on Facebook, and then he had a business account uh, where he he was advertising for his uh, his car repair, like he was doing like custom builds on engines and stuff like that. Didn't even post uh, about, you know, topics like these. He, he definitely followed some conservative uh, content creators and truthers and stuff, but they shut his account down. They shut his account down simply based upon who he was following, not based upon what he was posting. So, yeah, in a manner of speaking, I think that, um, you know, it really shows how, how desperate these people are to continue to hold on to that narrative. Uh, the the uh, the very fact that you would be listening to voices that do not parrot the mainstream propaganda means that you're too dangerous to remain on these platforms. It's a shame. I mean, he's worried about his business completely going under because he doesn't have any way to to reach people and to advertise anymore. We need somebody to get in to office to um, to completely disrupt this. I mean, because this can't keep going on like this. I mean. America, the land of the free, is the biggest joke on the face of the planet right now. Uh, I saw a post earlier today, um, something to the effect of, you know, conservatives and and, and Trump supporters are so focused on, you know, uh, America being lost uh, through, you know, everything that we've been going through. But, 
you know, the truth is that in a real manner of speaking, America fell a long time ago and uh, we are virtually completely controlled by criminals. And, uh, you know, Twitter is, as I was saying, you know, it's an arm of the federal government. And, um, you know, it's, uh, again, ironic to me that Elon Musk would have to come in, a private individual, uh, to be able to disrupt the in- incredibly powerful, uh, you know, nexus of tech and government. And it makes me wonder whether or not they're going to even allow it to happen at all. There's no doubt in my mind that they are getting funding from the uh, DOJ or, or or the DOD, DOJ, uh, CIA, any of those three letter agencies. All right. So uh, so, John, what's your what's your plans here? You said you're about to head back into Ukraine. Yep. Yep. So I'm going to go back uh, next week. Um, my uh, my oligarch friend, he's giving me a truck. And I'm going to load that sucker up with food and supplies and stuff for uh, these really desperate people, drive it back there. And um, and then I'll go do the journalism thing. So we'll just kind of have to see what happens. Um, you know, make sure you tell people to check out my Rumble channel because they will see they will see a lot of the interviews that I've done with people about how uh, how they themselves have uh, talked about the Ukrainians. I, I got I got one lady on there said her her daughter was killed and she had to bury her in front of the apartment building like a dog because there's nothing else to do with her. Uh, I got a nurse who said that the Ukrainians came in, they stole all the canned food. But then they uh, took all the rest of the food that was like edible and smashed it in the in, on the floor with their boots, and uh, they stole all the medical supplies. Uh, and I got people talking about uh, how if they try to evacuate on the humanita- in those humanitarian cord- uh, corridors, how the um, h- how they're getting shot at by the Ukrainians, not by the Russians by the Ukrainians. And I got video of different Russian checkpoints set up where they're actually distributing aid, distributing medical supplies, distributing food in absolute uh, contrary what the uh, Western media is telling people. Well, it's uh, it's a horrific situation over there. It's extremely complicated, and uh, I can only hope that perhaps it, it it's going to end as quickly as possible you know i mean i it seems like the ukrainians are pretty much stretched as thin as they possibly can and and the only reason that they are surviving in areas like these is because they're using their own citizens as human shields so that's exactly what's happening there it's uh, it's horrific all right well john uh, thank you very much once again for joining us everybody check out bad wolf on rumble and uh any other platforms you want to tell people about well, they can check out John Mark Dugan, D-O-U-G-A-N, on uh, YouTube, uh, but it's still under suspension for a couple of days. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, I have a Twitter account. I almost never use it. So. All right. Well, thanks again for being here. Thank you, everybody at home, for watching. And uh, for everybody in uh, Ukraine and Russia, continue to pray for them, and hopefully we'll see an end to this conflict uh, as quickly as, as possible. I think it's going to be a while. <laughs> Unfortunately, I agree with you, but, you know, it's always uh, a good thing to, to keep up the, the, the hope and the prayers. All right. Yeah. We'll see you next time, John. Take it easy.